the good times roll. <laughs> At what point were you like, it's awesome to be hot? It's another episode of the Friday Morning Show, and there is no Topher on today. Uh, it's Wednesday, and right before we started recording, our, I got a text from Topher saying that, hey, there's a snowstorm already hitting me, so I called in a favor, and so joining me today is Elise Majeski. Hello. She's my neighbor, the first girl to appear on the podcast. Okay. Let's start with, how is it being like an ambassador for San Holo? Oh my God, so weird. Like, I'm one of the 100 people across the world that does this for him. Do you want to tell the story real quick of, like, how you met him and how yeah. you got into all that? Sure. Because it's a good story. Yeah, for sure. So, um, summer of 2019, I was going to a lot of Red Rocks shows. Like, every weekend I was at Red Rocks. And um, when I was there, I had snuck down to the reserve section. I had friends that were hanging out down there. And they were like, yeah, like, come over. Like, we have an extra ticket for you. And I was like, okay, dope. So I grabbed one of my friend's tickets, snuck in, and then the show was, like, insane, and I've never seen a show like that. Um, and then San, like, stopped in the middle of the show and was like, hey, you guys, like, message me on Instagram if you want to contact me, like, tell me how you like the show. So after the show, I messaged him, and I was like, hey, this was, like, the most amazing show I've ever seen. And he followed me, and we were, like, talking for, like, a little bit. And then when I was abroad studying in the south of France – I ended up having a few friends that were really interested in seeing him live and have never seen him before. So I was like, yeah, let's like go to London because I was like where his last show was. It's, and just like, just casually, oh yeah, I know, I know the guy. We should go check him out. He's we pretty good. Go see yeah. Him in London. Yeah. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, like I'm bringing a few friends out to London to see you. Like, I think it'd be really cool if we all got to like hang out out there. And he was like, yeah, like for sure. Let me know where you are in the crowd. So we get out there. Um, it's a tiny venue. It was like, maybe a quarter the size of Red Rocks, like super, super small. Um, we go in, we go to like the second row and I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm here um, in the middle of the stage. The entire show, he was like looking directly at me and playing like my favorite songs, looking me dead in the face. And I was like, all right. So Love knows, story for the ages. <laughs> yeah, like, he knows who I am for sure. Um, and then I kept looking around the crowd and I kept noticing people that I've seen on his Instagram. So I, like, kept going up to them being, like, hey, like, I see you. Like, I know you work with Son. Like, how do I get involved with this? And they were, like, hey, like, fill out this application online. We'll email you if something clicks. And I was, like, dope. Okay. So do that when I get home. Next day I get an email. And they're, like, hey, yeah, like, you're a part of their team now. And I was, like, okay, this is fucking dope. So after that um, there was a lot of, like, Zoom calls, talking to Son, people that were living in Amsterdam at the time. Um, and I was supposed to go out to Amsterdam and meet all of them, but with COVID and everything, I couldn't do that. So it's just been a lot of like zoom meetings, texting, um, Instagram stuff. I've promoted a bunch of his music before it comes out. Like they'll send me videos and stuff. Um, he's one of the nicest people I know in the music industry, but I'm just so grateful that I even had that opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so when we were talking a little bit about this before, like this is something that you want to you want to work with musicians in 
like going forward and using a law degree, you're a former or a recent graduate of University of Denver. Yeah. You're going to get a law degree. Yes. Hopefully down soon. the road. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to take a few years off just to like actually, this sounds crazy, but like party a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because if anybody knows law school, those kids don't have lives. And like, you know me. Like, I'm a crazy person. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so you say, like, I need some years off the party. Like, yeah. you didn't live in France for a year doing that. Well, I mean, like, the city I was in in France is a tiny little town in the south. Oh, yeah. Like, it uh-huh. was so... wasn't even real mind. France, guys. It wasn't real France. Well, it was, like, real France in the sense that, like, everybody spoke French. And you, if you didn't speak French, you were seen as, like, weird. And the clubs that they did have there were, like, underground and, like, tiny. And you had to pay, like, $30 to get in. Like, it was insane. So when I would go to, like, Paris or I would go to, like, um, Germany or something, it would be a whole different story. And those clubs were, like, five different stories. People were, like, getting bottles thrown at them like crazy. But in the city I was in, that wasn't a thing. So being here... Is it really a party if you don't have a bottle getting thrown at your no, head? No, it's if you're not. not. <laughs> if you're not dodging bottles of I'll tell you what Ciroc, me, what's like, the point? Oh, yeah. So the whole... When I realized my dynamic was different, um, I went to Germany for Oktoberfest. And we met these, like... I think they were, like, German royalty. Like, I'm not even kidding. They took us to, five, like, three or four different clubs that night. And just kept handing us different bottles of alcohol. Okay. Like at one point, there was like this bottle of Grey Goose that was like bigger than me that this guy was like pouring down my throat. And then I would turn to my friends and I'd be like, I don't know what the hell is going on. And then this guy like popped a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne and started spraying into my face. And I looked dead at my friends and I was like, there's Dom in my eye. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's, yeah, a little bit more of a party time. How yeah. so? Where are you going to go that's going to, like, match that experience if you're taking some years off the party? Um, Obviously, nothing's yeah. happening right now. That's the We both thing. moved down to downtown Denver. Yeah. And then, well, you moved a little bit later, but then COVID happened. And, yes. like, two months became a year. So yes, exactly. Here we are. Here we are. So I mean, I even before, like, I turned 21, I was sneaking into clubs in Denver. Mm-hmm. So I was going to Temple a lot. I knew people that worked there. So I would get, like, free drinks and stuff even before, like, it was legal for me to do so. But no one should know that. <laughs> yeah. So it's naturally, fine. you should be telling that story on a podcast. Oh, I mean, no, it's, it's fine. It, we're we're past it now. We're past it now. What are they going to do? Okay. Go back and be like, uh, you were yeah. drinking. Exactly. No, it's a great story. I met Loud Luxury through that, like, randomly. <laughs> You're fucking. Mm. <laughs> there are other stories. We can get to the other stories that actually make me mad about, like, how awesome your life is. But I don't think I've heard this one. Oh, I didn't tell you about this? No, I don't think you told me about Loud Luxury. Okay. So I was friends with like this group of kids from DU and one night I was like really worried about using my fake ID and I told some friends I didn't really want to go to this concert. It was a Loud Luxury show at Temple and um, I was like maybe 10 minutes before the show started and my friends were texting me. They're like, yeah, we got a table. Like just try it. Like we don't know what's going to happen. I was like, okay, fuck it, whatever. So we go, get in, easy peasy, no issue. Go into the club, hang out at the table with some friends, um, and then we see the show, and then everybody's leaving, and I'm there with, like, a few friends of mine that know people in the music industry, and they're all, like, kind of standing by the stage, and I, like, look over really quickly, and the two main guys from Loud Luxury, like, standing in front of me, and I'm like, 
oh, hello. Like, nice to meet you. Like, thanks for coming to Denver. And they're like, yeah, like, did you like the show? And I was like, yeah, that was fucking dope. Like, you guys are sick. I was like, have you been to Denver before? And they're like, yeah, this is like our favorite place to play. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, dope. And I really didn't know what to say because like, I've always, when I meet famous people, it's more of me kind of seeking them. This one was like, they were in front of my face. And I was like, I have no idea what to say to you guys. But yeah, I was talking to like Andrew, who's the taller one. And I don't remember the other guy's name, but I started messaging Andrew a little bit on Instagram. We like, we're just messaging back and forth for a little bit, but um, yeah, that was a luxury. Okay. And so this all kind of brings up the question. So at what point in like you having all these crazy fun experiences, meeting like super famous people who are super successful, getting human sized bottles of Grey Goose poured down your throat. (laughs) At what point were you like, it's awesome to be hot. Were you just like, <laughs> ah, I'm hot. That's why this keeps happening to me. My life is amazing. Um, I mean, like, oh God, I don't know. In, like, high school and middle school, like, I never saw myself as, like, a hot person, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Because I was always, like, that weird girl who really liked politics. So I was yeah. always, like, the really outspoken person. So when I got to college, whole different situation. People didn't know who I was. They were always inviting me to go do crazy things. By my freshman year, the party place to go for me was like the penthouse of the Four Seasons downtown. Because a guy that I met in one of my classes, his dad owns like he's a Mexican cartel guy. So he owns like all of this crazy shit in Denver. Okay. And I didn't realize that. And he was like, yeah, come be my friend. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. I'll just do these super cool things. And that's how you this one. This story actually does make me mad because of how it ends. But meeting uh, Tyson Jost at Red Rocks. <laughs> yeah, that so. was that was my first EDM show. That was Marshmallow. Okay. Yeah. So I was, um, I think I was like 17 maybe. I was like a freshman in college. And it was like some old friends from high school. And they were like, yeah, we're going to go to Marshmallow. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like standing next to these guys. And like one of them was speaking French. And I kind of like looked at him. And I was like, who are you? And then like it was like three tall guys. And they're like, yeah. This is Tyson, this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. So Tyson and I were just, the, like, talking. These other so-and-sos? Yeah. So for people who don't follow the Avs, Tyson Jost is on the Avalanche. He's been on the Avalanche for, uh, like, playing consistently for two to three years now. So these other so-and-sos were probably fellow Avalanche. But One of them was like, yeah, we are talking to the Avs. That's what they were saying to me, but I remember – they looked at Tyson and they're like, yeah, he's on the apps. Mm-hmm. And he showed me his Instagram and I was like, oh, yeah, you are famous. Yeah. Because he had like a blue you check mark. You do have a blue check mark. Next to his name. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, okay. So we, also pretty hot dude, Tyson. Yeah. Jost. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was pretty good looking cute. fella. He was pretty cute. Um, so, yeah, we made out that night. But he invited me to come back with him. And that was like me being a stupid person. Like my freshman year of college, I was like, no, I have to work in the morning. <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, looking back uh, on it now, I was like, that was dumb of me. Yeah, like, and why like, didn't I just go you, home with him? You had a coworker be like, I would have covered for you. Oh, my you, boss said that yeah, to me. Yeah, okay. My boss said that to me the next day. I told her the story, and she was like, what the fuck, Elise? Like, why did you do that for? And I think the first time you told me this, I didn't realize that you were 17 at the time. But I mean, that's a yeah. paycheck. <laughs> that would be awesome to hang out with the Avalanche. Been like maybe nineteen at the time too. So yeah, it wasn't like a crazy age. Difference. I was gonna say like I was think he's only like twenty two now. Twenty two yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, also with all the like with all the music stuff we've talked to, I've uh, talked about so far. Like mm-hmm. the common theme has been like mostly EDM 
music. Yeah. Earlier in the week. Big breaking news. Daft Punk, Daft Punk baby. broke up. Daft Punk broke up. Uh, yeah. So we talked about it a little bit when it happened. Gave Topher and I the idea to do the top three dynamic duos. Mm-hmm. Topher's not here, so it's just us two doing it. Okay. Do you want to pick first or second? Too bad you're picking first. I like to pick second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So I'll let you go first. Um, I'm going to say, like, the first best dynamic duo. That's really hard. Because especially, like, in the EDM scene, I think Daft Punk has made such an impact that they're probably, like, the first dynamic duo, I would say. It was, like, 28 years. They were together yeah, forever. And they were also, like, the first time. big EDM group. Yeah. They brought EDM to, like, the main scene. And I could go into, like, Disclosure because Disclosure did a lot, too. And they're probably, like, some of my fav- like one of my favorite groups. But they were more of, like, house music. Mm-hmm. So, like, they made house what it is in the U.S. But I can't say that without giving credit to all of the underground um, African-American people that have played it in clubs forever. Um, but Disclosure brought in Sam Smith, Lord, when they were huge, when they were, like, everything in the music industry. So it's crazy to see who actually like becomes the face of the music industry and who's actually like it mm-hmm. yeah so you're going number one pick you're going daft punk yeah okay i mean solid pick it's not the best pick because mm-hmm. the best pick is mine mm. and it is see, i'm I mean, not surprised you said that at all yeah to be honest with no you. arrogant <laughs> couldn't be me uh batman and robin like they're the they're the number one overall oh dynamic God. duo Are ever. Are they like real people? When you think of dynamic duos, you think of Batman true. and Robin. True, true. And you know what? Just for that, can we number say like two. Batman and the Joker? Am I right by saying no, that? No, because they're not. They're not. They're, they're a duo in like not, a way. Yeah, but I think for it to be like a dynamic duo, like it's got to be. They got to be on the same side, and that's why my number two pick: peanut butter and jelly. That is the next one. When you think Those of dynamic people, duos, though. I didn't say it had to be people. Yeah, I just said dynamic duos. No, it can oh, be anything. Oh, God. Okay. Peanut butter and jelly. gave me when that earlier. Think, <laughs> when you think of peanut butter, you think of jelly. They go together. They do go like together. Like ham and cheese, except like I'm not doing ham and cheese. I guess. That one's boring. Yeah, that's All cool. right. So your second mean pick. Mean to the vegans. Mean to the... Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whatever will I do? Um, uh, my second pick, the dynamic duos, I would say, like, this sounds crazy, but, like, Chris Kardashian and the devil. Like, have you ever heard, like, the devil works hard, but, like, Chris Kardashian works harder? And I will... Chris Jenner, I will explain this. The fact that she took the Kardashian name and blew it up from, like, such a small thing to, like, what it is now... That woman has done so much work, and I think she has, like, some deal with the devil. I don't know what's going on with her, but, like, oh, I mean, dude, it's insane. I know what's going on with her. They just, like, exploit every problem that their family has. And I mean, yeah. go, go you. Make yeah, millions of exactly. dollars. No and problem with that. And they have the that. platform to do that, which is the coolest part about it, I think. I don't usually think of, like, hey, Kris Jenner, you know, who probably hangs out with her a lot, is the devil. But I understand what you're saying. The people that she's putting out front would be the most iconic wouldn't they? So it would be like yeah. Kim, Kylie, Kendall. Kim, Kylie, Kendall. Chris. Um, Chris. And or Chloe. What's the, what's the fat brother's name? Rob. Rob. <laughs> Poor they, Rob. Rob they screwed a bad him. look. They screwed though. him from the beginning. They yeah, were like, I you're mean, not getting a k- name. Yeah, Rob. And like, he had to, you know, they came out a pudgy baby and they were like, uh, you're not going to have a He was actually kid. like a 
good looking guy for a while then he kind of fell into like a depression for a little bit so he was not the happiest a little for a while but um he's doing really well and like so that's your second pick what's your final pick dynamic duo obama and biden okay the thing you texted me that answer before Mm -hmm. and i want to get political on the friday morning show. well no here we go no it's fine because (laughs) If you didn't have that answer, Topher would have had that answer. Okay. So you get like that's what I thought that's was so good. funny is Topher and Topher and I are gonna do an episode this weekend where we talk about like practicing for like the nightmare, the football team I'm on. But yeah. last Sunday morning when I got in Topher's car to drive to the practice field, what was playing was the Barack Obama audiobook. And I was like, dude, I appreciate the hell out of you listening to this. <laughs> but we're going to football practice and I'm going to need you to switch this up. I need like a up. pump up song. I was like, Throw on some like, like Travis Scott or something insane. Like as much as I want to listen to Barack's view on the Osama Bin Laden assassination. Was he listening to The Promised Land? Huh? Just a little plug for Barack Obama's new book, The Promised Land. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was like, this is super interesting. Yeah. It's not going to get me hyped up for football. And no, that's definitely not a football it's that- ready-to-go type book. It's a very kind of coming-to-age book, and it kind of talks about his life and the way that he got to where he is, and he kind of helps people that are interested in politics actually open their eyes to like what it's like getting there and what you have to do to be someone like Barack Obama. And that's hard for a lot of people because he was such an inspirational person that people were, like, drawn to him from the first time he opened his mouth at everything that he did. Well, yeah, like, we were even, like, we were obviously both young in 2008, but, like, he was, my, like, the most charismatic, oh coolest person ever. I was eight years old, and I was all about Obama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but I was like, yeah, my mom likes him, so I gotta like him. Uh, I'll have you and Topher have you, like, you guys will do a full podcast about Barack Obama. Oh, my God, yeah. We can talk. <laughs> we could talk about it. I mean, like, he's one of the reasons that I loved politics when I was such a young person. And, like, even before I was of age to vote, I was so intense with it because I've always loved, like, social justice and stuff. But the reason that I said, like, Obama and Biden was they were a dynamic duo when they were together. Like, there was, like, memes about their bromance before, like. Especially right before. Uh, Brock left office. Yeah. It made me so sad when they, oh my God, I was like, look at them. They're so happy. (laughs) I was like, shit. Yeah. Um, Okay. So my last pick is going to be something that you just don't care about. Okay. Go off. Like all my other ones, but it's Shaq and Kobe. (laughs) Okay. No, I, I agree. Because that was like, it was dominance. It's like the highest, um, the, the height of basketball, they were just unstoppable. Did you know that Shaq is a DJ? I did know that Shaq I saw DJ. him at Decadence 2019-2020. He was DJ Diesel, and it was one of the hardest shows I have ever seen. And I had friends that were backstage that night, and my friends are, like, tall. Like, my guy friends are maybe, like, 6'2". They looked like they were twigs next to him. It was insane. And I remember, like, standing there and being like, why is he playing this music? And then I was like, oh, okay, he wants all of us to mosh. Having Shaq up there DJing was just so funny to me. I was like, what the fuck? No, everything I've seen of his shows, they're, like, electric. Yeah, electric. And, yeah, I mean, since you've seen him live, you can 
Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Of course he, of course Shaq's just good at everything. Everyone was there too. Like it didn't really matter that he like, he has never produced a song in his life. But the fact that he stood up there and just like hit a few buttons for people, it was insane. People went wild because it was Shaquille O'Neal. Like you can't, you can't beat him. His personality, like I just imagine he's an amazing entertainer. Oh yeah. He can, he can address a crowd. He can hold it. Like even him just like pressing buttons on stage. Yeah. Sounds fun to watch. It was. He's having so much fun. Yeah. So right here, audio got messed up because we took a break from recording, came back, and I don't know what I did, but I fucked shit up big time because it is all over the map. So there are about three or four more really good stories and a lot of interesting issues that Elise and I talked about that hopefully she'll come back on and we'll talk about them with Topher here because as politically tactful as I am, He's much better at that shit, and he's going to know way more. I think, like, as deep into politics that I can get is talking about Ted Cruz's doo-doo-ass haircut, which the fact that he got cyberbullied and going back to cold-ass Texas still cracks me up. But that's going to do it for our show. Um, again, follow Elise at Elise Majeski, at Elise underscore Majeski, and I'll tag her in this and everything. Also, DM Topher and I, text us, whatever. Leave a voicemail at 720-383-4860. Tell us whatever you want to hear us talk about. Topher and I, again, we're going to do another episode this weekend that's going to come out Monday. Hopefully. I'll give any updates if it's not going to come out Monday. But for now, expect it to come out Monday. It'll still be titled The Friday Morning Show and everything. But um, other than that, I hope everyone has a great weekend. And uh, catch you guys Monday.